Hello, 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 my amigos, and welcome back. Welcome back to this, the bonus part of today's FYI for your English. And thanks again, guys, for your support, your constant support. It's a pleasure to have you as patrons. And remember, if you have any suggestions for future shows, I'd love to hear from you. Because remember, uh, you know, I've got a lot of ideas, but I'm always interested in hearing yours. And And as I said, every week, it's a great opportunity for me to learn about a different topic and to improve my Spanish to boot. También. So uh, there's the proof in the pudding. Como decimos en inglés, the proof is in the pudding. La prueba está en la materia, en lo que se ve. And I know just from preparing the PDFs, the uh, the accompanying materials, my Spanish has improved. Not just my vocabulary, but I used to have a lot of problems with the accents, where to put the accents. And I feel like I'm getting better and better. So what does that mean? I hate to be cliche, but guys, practice makes perfect. And nobody knows that better than a machine that's trying to learn to be like us. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but uh, I'm scared. I'm scared. Maybe I've seen too many of these sci-fi movies. I mean, you know, <laughs> who's to say it can't happen? They're already smarter than us. And believe me, we were talking about somebody who did well on that uh, test The what was the the test the Stanford test? I'm sure there are people who didn't do so well. Uh, you know their IQ is a lot lower than a machine. Your IQ is your intellectual coefficient, right? Your IQ coeficiente intelectual. I think you say in Spanish IQ. We say so. Let's talk about these personal assistants. They've become quite popular, so popular that there is a movie called Her, where this guy kinds of kind of gets hooked on talking to his personal assistant, his voice assistant on his phone, and he's so lonely that uh, that becomes his passion, his love. He runs home to be with his phone. And the, the, the thing about this, it's just like Black Mirror. I don't know if you guys have seen this series. It deals with this stuff as well. Black Mirror deals with, you know, what happens when technology goes wrong? You know, what happens when we turn the whole world into a game or some social media experiment? You know, uh, and, uh, and these are all questions we have to ask ourselves if we want to be responsible with the technology that we are creating. And when I say we, obviously not me. <laughs> I don't know how any of this stuff works. <laughs> there, but there are smart people, uh, you know, who work on R&D teams. R&D is research and development, I más de, and they're working on this stuff and they're much smarter than us. But the only problem is, as we said earlier, their creations are getting smarter than them. So we all know about this female assistant here. There are male versions, but most of them are female. Think of the, the Amazon one. Her name is Alexa. And as you've just witnessed, como habéis sido testigos, I don't have one in my house because she would have responded. There's another one called Cortana. I've never heard of this one. And then there's mine, which is, again, I'll spell it because she tends to hear her name even when I'm not saying it. And her name is S-I-R-I. -I. A very funny fact is the woman who does the American voice 
for my personal assistant, the Apple one, el de Apple. Uh, Suzanne Bennett. Uh, you guys can follow her on Twitter. It's kind of cool. She follows me and, and I we follow each other on Twitter. And uh, it's fun. I've never, I mean, I, when I say I have conversations with my phone, I just see how far I can go. I'm like, so what do you think? I'll say something like, I'm like, do you love me? She's like, I'm not capable of love of loving anyone or I'm just like whoa I'm like I wasn't even expecting an answer so why are they women most of them I mean you can choose I know with mine you can choose in fact right now I have a British uh, female voice and you know why reminds me of James Bond I feel like James Bond when I'm like hey blah 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 remind me tomorrow at six uh, that I have an appointment no, recuérdame mañana que tengo cita. I gotta say, I use my watch, which is really my phone. It's they're connected um, for to to keep organized. So it is. We, we you know we're talking about oh it's gonna take over, but it's making our lives really easy, guys. Uh, I I remember one time I was at the gym and I wanted I had to send this email and but I couldn't stop doing my exercise because then I didn't want to cool down, so I dictated it and it was. Perfect. It understood. Of course, there's a good way to practice your English to see if your uh, personal assistant understands you uh, when you ask it questions. Uh, funny thing about my father, <laughs> I'm imagining, I'll imitate him. I'll do an impression. To do an impression es imitar. To make an impression es causar una impresión. And uh, my dad says, this is incredible. I said, Dad, do you do you use your... Because he's got Apple, like me. And he, I said, Dad, do you use your voice assistant? He goes, this is incredible. This assistant doesn't understand me in English or in Spanish. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, he confuses. So there you go. Um, they're not ready for everything. They're not that smart yet. They're not uh, smart enough to understand my dad's English <laughs> with his thick accent. Now, my father's mastery of the language is great. El domina el idioma. But his accent is very thick. He's never worked on his accent until now. In fact, my dad is an FYI listener, and he said it, and he's pretty critical. I ask him to be critical. Uh, of course, constructive criticism, and my dad listens to the show, and he's learning not just uh, about different things, but working on his pronunciation now. At his age, um, it's never too late. You're never too old to learn. So a shout out to my dad, who, by the way, is a patron. Did you guys know that? Oh, yeah. My dad is an interstellar student. Of course he is. Um, but his poor assistant just doesn't know what to do with him. Okay, sorry. I keep getting sidetracked. To get sidetracked is to get distracted and to go off on a tangent. Uh, so why? Why are most of these assistants, why do they have female voices? Well, studies have shown, esto es como la frase clave, studies have shown that uh, males and females, so both, ambos, males and females, are both more attracted to a woman's voice than a man's voice. Now, it could be sexist, but uh, I have to say in my case, I don't know why I'm more attracted to a woman's voice. Now, unless she has a very, uh, you know, high pitch voice or something like that, of course. There are voices and there are voices. 
So there's uh, some homework for you guys. Make sure you uh, have a conversation with your personal assistant today in English and see if they understand you. And if they don't, well, that means we got to work on that diction. We got to work on that pronunciation. All right. Well, uh, I also told you we were going to talk about a robot or artificial intelligence machine that uh, made its own movie. Yeah. So it created its own short film. It took 48 hours. Se tardó. It took 48 hours to create it. It's in black and white, and it's called Zone Out. And it, it kind of looks like a horror movie, if you had to define the genre. So it just took all these frames and all these clips of movies and kind of put them together and created its own movie. You guys can Google it. Really interesting. Uh, again, the, the movie, the short film, is called Zone Out. And this network, this artificial intelligence machine called Benjamin, created it without any help from humans. It learned all the different frames and all that stuff, and it's called zone out. And this is a good word to know while we're at it. The word to zone out is like to space out. It reminds me of what I used to do in class. When I was in class, I used to zone out, uh, distraerme, desconectar, irme por ahí, to zone out. So I've got to say, though, I'm pretty interested. I think I'm going to check it out. If you guys can find it, I doubt it's on Netflix, but uh, if you can find it, let me know. I'm not uh, I'm not too good at finding things on the internet when it comes to audiovisual content. Uh, yeah, sorry, guys. I'm not a machine. I, I, I'm not that good at learning. <laughs> so check it out. Benjamin, and he created Zone out. I imagine he, because it has a, a male name. So there's another thing. Now, when we get into gender and all that stuff, genero, um, I even read when I was preparing this, uh, I don't remember what country it is, but one robot has citizenship. Ciudadanía. Nunca me sale esa palabra. In English, it's citizenship. So that's going to be a whole nother thing. Do these robots have rights now? Do they have feel? I mean, uh, we're talking about even maybe some moral implications. Uh, so uh, interesting, interesting because it's unknown. We don't know what's going to happen. We just know that crazy things are happening. And, you know, it was one thing when, you know, a computer beat a human, you know, playing chess. Uh, chess is ejedrez, I think you say in Spanish, uh, which was in 2017. That was groundbreaking, como decimos. Um, but uh, now, Guess what? Um, they have taught these machines how to explore and classify bacteria, uh, how to distinguish uh, blood cells in the blood, right? And uh, this is pretty nuts. It's called Zebra Med. I remember reading about it before I prepared the episode. So this is uh, something that... Uh, it's, it's nuts, guys. Read up on it. Uh, to read up on it, estudiarlo o le más sobre ello. It's a Chinese robot, and it's called ZebraMed. It's a neural network. Neural is neural. We say neural. Neural network, which has learned to diagnose various diseases. So uh, diseases and illnesses. This Chinese robot, uh, it basically got a doctor's license. So it passed the exam, it got a doctor's license, and now uh, Zebra Med, Zebra's Zebra in Espanol, uh, I believe the British say Zebra, 
Creo que no lo pronuncian igual que nosotros. So we say zebra and they say zebra, right? And so, yeah, we've got a filmmaker, we've got a doctor, and we're talking about machines. We're not talking about humans. And uh, that's pretty nuts. And uh, another thing, too, uh, that most, uh, that all doctors have to do, as far as I know, is the Hippocratic Oath. The Hippocratic Oath is la promesa. Is that how you say oath? Uh, an oath is when you take, um, let's see how you say it. I'm going to look it up. Juramento, right? A promise in English. Eh, cuidado con esta palabra. He oído muchos alumnos decir promise. No se pronuncia promise, sino promise. But uh, this is specifically called uh, the Hippocratic Oath. Oath, which basically says that uh, a doctor has to try and treat and, and cure their patients, uh, you know, in the best way possible. Something like that. Of course, I'm summing it up. I'm paraphrasing. To sum up or to paraphrase is to say it in other words, in, in a shorter way. So imagine that. I mean, people already do that now. You don't have to go, you know, see this zebra-med Chinese robot. You can kind of go to Google right now and you put in sore throat, dolor de garganta, uh, cough, and, and you put that in. And guess what? Uh, WebMD and all these other... I'm not saying you should follow advice from the internet, but um, we've already got a lot of the uh, ailments out there, a lot of the illnesses, an ailment, toma palabrón, an ailment is a enfermedad, mal. It's another way to say illness. So we can say sickness, we can say illness, or we can say an ailment. So this, uh, this robot can diagnose ailments. But if you don't have time or money or you're not in China and you can't visit Zebra Med, you can kind of tell the internet, you can tell Google what your symptoms are, and it can tell you, well, what it thinks your problem is. <laughs> Now, do you trust Google? I hope you don't trust Google for your translations. And if you don't trust Google for your translations, I would not trust Google for your health. <laughs> not yet. Maybe uh, give it some time. Give it some time. Um, so we've, we've always been obsessed with this idea of robots. I, I think of the Jetsons, you know. Do you guys know this show, The Jetsons? We had the, the Flintstones, Los Pica Piedra. And then the Jetsons, which was the futuristic family. So the prehistoric family and the futuristic family. And I remember they had a maid. A maid is somebody who cleans the house. And she was a robot. And I remember they used to, he used to talk to his boss uh, via video conference. And a lot of this stuff is coming true. So it, it's crazy when we watch movies from the 40s, 50s, or cartoons, dibujos animados, And we start to see some of these things that started as kind of fiction becoming nonfiction. So it's always that question, who copies who? Does art copy nature or nature copies art? And it's like everything. There's no black and white answer. But uh, the word robot, that first surfaced uh, in a science fiction book by Isaac Asimov, right? You guys say Isaac We say Isaac, that's the pronunciation. Lo mismo con Isaac Newton, right? Isaac. And he, um, he laid out 
¿no? To lay out es como definir the, the three basic laws of robotics in a book called Runaround, okay? And this is interesting because, you know, it wasn't meant to be nonfiction. It was a fiction. It was science fiction, o como decimos, sci-fi. And this story, Runaround, basically uh, the plot, The plot is el argumento, la historia. The plot tells the story of a robot called Speedy. Obviously, speed is rapidez, so rapidillo. And this robot finds itself in a situation where uh, it has to break these rules, which I'm about to tell you right now. And uh, the interesting thing about these rules is that today, You know, nowadays, hoy en día, AI developers, right? A developer is somebody who develops something, desarrollador, que desarrolla algo. Well, AI developers now, when they're working on robotics and artificial intelligence, they apply Asimov's laws, as they're called, his laws. And it's pretty mind-blowing because, as I said, these weren't supposed to be real. Now they are, and people pay attention to them because, well, I guess Isaac Asimov was ahead of his time. Let's take a look at the three rules. Number one, a robot may not injure a human being, un ser humano, injurious lesionar, through inaction, sin hacer nada, inacción, allow a human being to come to harm. Okay, so you cannot injure, no puedes hacer daño a un ser humano, ni puedes hacer, uh, no hacer nada si pasa algo. So you, you can't let them come to harm either. You have to protect them, not just not harm them. Okay, and number two, a robot must obey. Okay, acatar, I think you say, obey the orders, ordenes, given by human beings, except when such orders would conflict, conflict is tener conflicto con, with the first law. So, again, a robot must obey orders, tiene que seguir las, las reglas, uh, except if those orders are to injure a human being or to allow a human being to be injured. That's rule number two. And rule number three, a robot must, this is crazy, now this is where it gets interesting, okay? A robot must protect its own existence, as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or the second laws. So, whoo, there's a gray area there. There's a gray area. And uh, if you look at that word, conflict, it's interesting because un conflicto is a conflict, right? But the verb is to conflict. So imagine that. Now these guys are sitting in a lab somewhere in California or who knows where. Maybe it's an underground lair like Dr. Evil. And they're working on these robots and they're working on these smart machines that are smarter than all of us and that are going to take over the world, conquistar el mundo. But they're paying attention to a fiction novel called Runaround from 1942. And run around is literally corretear, right? To run around. But to give somebody the run around is kind of to give them excuses, you know, to give somebody the run around. I'm not sure what he meant 
by that title. But Isaac Asimov uh, kind of invented the robot as we know it. Now, he didn't create it, but in his mind, he did. And, well, the scientists and all these guys came in and did the rest. It's fascinating um, when you think about that. You know, it's um, that somebody was reading a book and they said, let's make this. Let's really do this. And fast forward, and you've got robots and, and artificial intelligence controlling the world, at least the world we live in now. And guys, you want me to be honest? It looks like there's no going back. It doesn't look like we're going to disconnect more. It looks like we're going to be more connected than ever. Uh, it reminds me so much of The Matrix. Many of you have seen, uh, you say El Matrix, right? We say The Matrix, you know, that we're all connected to this machine and we're giving it energy and we're giving it information. And when you think about it, we are. We're connected to our phones, we're connected to everything, and we're sharing all our information, even our location, 24 hours a day, ubicación. We're sharing things we don't even know we're sharing. Yeah? You don't believe me? When was the last time you read the fine print? Ah, okay, I didn't think so. To read the fine print is leer la letra pequeña. And so this is, I guess, uh, where, do we, where do we wrap up? Because this is just such a, a hot topic now. It's something that uh, you're seeing documentaries uh, come out all the time. There's one called The Social Dilemma. If you have not seen it, I believe it's on Netflix called The Social Dilemma fascinating. Uh, it talks about how we're kind of just giving up all our information and just staying connected to these machines. And uh, I mean, I don't have to tell you, it's not good to be connected uh, all day to any one thing, really, right? So I think uh, the lesson that I'm going to try and take away from this, o como decimos, the takeaway, otra forma de decirlo, the takeaway es lo que te llevas. La lección is that we have never before had so much convenience, had so much at our fingertips, in nuestro alcance, you know, have never before has life been so easy, have we been able to be so efficient. But we also have to remember that these are tools, and these are very powerful tools. And just like a knife, a knife can be used to cut your food and, and eat and survive, and a knife can also be used to kill somebody. So what, is, what am I getting at? It is a tool. It is probably the most powerful tool, and it's only getting more powerful. And we can choose uh, to have this tool help us or harm us. And I believe as individuals, that power is in our hands. How much we let these tools intervene in our life and how much we let them help us or harm us. And I guess just like with everything in life, in moderation. We should do everything in moderation. It's good to have social media. Sure, stay connected with your friends, share your selfies, whatever, uh, you know, your baby pictures. That's all good stuff. The problem is when, you know, now you're not interacting with people in the real world because you're just uh, stuck in the machine. So guys, uh, I know you, my patrons, are using these tools that we have, uh, Zoom and, and you know, the, the internet and our phones to learn English and to do amazing things. But sometimes I think even myself, I need a reminder uh, that sometimes we've got to put down our phones and, and disconnect and really connect with what's important and go for a walk and just uh, 
breathe in some fresh air. So guys, uh, that is the end of this episode on artificial intelligence. I hope you enjoyed it and found it as fascinating as I did. We'll be back next week with another episode of FYI. Bye.